Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast with your host, Dana and Shayna. We are super excited to be having on a guest today. It's been a while since we've had a guest on our show, and we have such a juicy, amazing conversation to share with you guys. We had on the Royal Shaman, Makozi, and we talked about um, personal development and energetic alignment and using the energetics of euphoria to integrate into your business life and to really experience that next level of success. And Makozi is a fully initiated Zulu shaman. She's trained in ancient Egyptian spirituality through the Dogon Mystery School. And now she works as a spiritual guide and authentic shaman, helping people fulfill their highest potential with mindfulness and metaphysic mastery of the energetics of euphoria. So she has so much beautiful wisdom to share around really coming into alignment and being able to create personal freedom within your business, within the way that you create money and how that energetics of that really helps you become a leader into this new paradigm. Yeah, we love this conversation. She is a authentic person who is so vibrant and full of life. She's a 5-1 manifesting generator with emotional authority, and her chart is very powerful, super defined. She only has two centers undefined. So it was just really amazing to be able to talk to her, learn from her, and also you know, look at her human design. She's really into human design as well. So it's just a really fun conversation. Today's been kind of a magical day just in general because it's raining um, Mm -hmm. here in Southern California, which as pretty much everyone knows is really rare. And, um, you know, it's just been a cozy day. Especially for me, because I live in the desert in Joshua Tree and when it rains here, it's so magical and you can feel all of the plants coming to life and just drinking in this life force energy. And today I saw a beautiful double rainbow that was like the most vibrant rainbow I've seen in a really long time. And I was like, wow, today is such a blessed, beautiful day. And then sure enough, here we are recording this ener- this uh, um, interview with Makozi and it was such a magical conversation. So we're really excited to be able to share it with you all. All right. So without further ado, let's welcome on the Royal Shaman, Makosi. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm fabulous and so excited to be diving in with you. This is like, I don't know, it's just ooey gooey and just makes me so excited. I, I agree. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for being here. And before we were looking at your Instagram videos and watching your content, and I just love your energy. You're so vibrant and we feel so aligned with all of the messages that you share. And it's so complimentary to a lot of the things that we're looking at within human design. So I think a lot of our listeners are really going to love feeling expanded by the insights that you have to share. And they're so complimentary. So if you could start with just introducing yourself, if you could tell our listeners a little bit about what it is that you do what it is that you share. Yeah. So I am also known as the Royal Shaman, but I go, my, my title or name is Makosi and I work with elite conscious visionaries 
to help them to bring forth more freedom, depth, and legacy in their experience of reality. I've been playing a lot with um, this concept of what would it be like if you were able to seduce reality and allow yourself to become truly magnetic, not just to what you think that you want, but to your soul's true desires, which tend to be beyond what you can even imagine. And so it creates a lot of the experience of magic every day simply by um, being the highest expression of yourself and um, really stepping into alignment with your soul's euphoric evolution. Wow. I love every piece of what you just talked about. Um, And it's kind of right up our alley with human design, obviously. Um, But I guess, you know, so for everyone listening, Makosi is a 5-1 manifesting generator. So it doesn't surprise us that the kind of field that you're in and all of the different things that you offer, you found a way to kind of weave all these many different facets together. So just tell us a little bit about, I guess, why magnetism, why all of the different areas that you've explored, I guess, why have you been drawn to this realm, if you will? Um, well, as a five one, <laughs> we could say that um, I'm obsessed with practicality. And I find um, a lot of people in both spirituality as well as like the personal development spaces, really struggle to make those concepts grounded and useful for everyday life. Or in my case, um, I I support a lot of entrepreneurs and executives in the business space. Um, So I really see myself and the messaging that I'm bringing and the support that I offer as really bridging many different paradigms and really embracing paradoxical um, uh, entities, right? And so I really see myself as bringing both the spiritual and the practical, the masculine and the feminine, the um, mind and the body, right? And playing with um, really creating this um, life experience that is essentially heaven on earth, right? Many of us can get very floaty <laughs> and and all up in the outer dimensions. And I'm like, no, we're here to be human. How do we apply this to real life? Wow. It's crazy because um, looking at your chart, that's exactly how your energy works. You have no definition in your crown and Ajna center, and then all defined everything below that. So it really is this um, connection, this bridge between this upper um, ethereal connection to the divine channeling, all that upper stuff that you're talking about, grounding it down into your body. And what does that really look like? How can we make this real and tangible and actually change our lives with this, um, this connection? So I, normally, you know, we don't talk about, I guess, right away so deeply somebody's chart and getting right into your chart. But it's just crazy that you've been drawn to really embodying that more esoteric um, uh, divination, if you will, the unknown into the physical body. It's it's crazy to see. 
Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'd love to hear a bit about how you came into this work and, you know, what your, your journey was or, or, you know, the different spiritual trainings and initiations that you've gone through. Yeah. Um, I have to kind of set the backdrop and really share that as a kid, I definitely had um, spiritual gifting in I was able to just know things about people, um, what we would call like premonitions. Also, I would I would hear insight, which has actually saved my life before. Um, however, I was not someone who was like super into spirituality. In fact, I only kind of came into new age spirituality in the last couple years after I completed my initiations. Um, for me, again, this very practical side, my mom was a single teen mom and I was raised in small town, Southern West Virginia, where being mixed race in, in that area, it was just very difficult. And so for me, I saw um, education and success as being the way that I would get out, right? And also for me, I have a little bit of rebellion in me, a little bit of heresy, um, naturally. And when I was <laughs> young, it was like, I'm rebelling against statistics and what society says I'm going to become or, or not become, right? And so that led me to become a high achiever in, in school, I ended up graduating. My intention was to go to med school, um, but I had my son and struggled to get pregnant, to stay pregnant. Then after he was born, it was very difficult. And I had him in my senior year. So I decided not to go to med school. And after med school, uh, that, well, the not going to med school, I um, actually had this experience of working at Target and I had decided not to go to med school because I really wanted to be present and home with my child because I had a lot of health issues and I knew that this was probably going to be my only opportunity to be a mom. Like his childhood was probably going to be the only time that I would have that experience. And so I went to work at Target and I was so upset about constantly dropping him off at daycare. It just was not an alignment for me. So I ultimately ended up in direct sales. And so I used to sell pure romance and do home parties for women. <laughs> and I skyrocketed to success in that company. So if anyone knows anything about direct sales company companies, whenever you're in the, in the top of those companies, you are getting, uh, there's a lifestyle that comes with it, right? And so they're flying me out to Vegas for free. There's like designer handbags and mansion parties and cash bonuses. And I was doing really well with that and also getting to stay home. Plus I had the hot husband who's like, he's like 6'2", muscular, tall, dark, and handsome, you know, um, I had what most people would think is like the dream life, right? And I was still feeling unfulfilled. So that was when I started asking the universe and like really exploring and opening up to who am I? 
what am I here for? <laughs> and what is the, what is the meaning of all this? Like, what is the purpose of this whole human thing? And when I did that and started asking that question and starting up, started allowing myself to seek and explore, I allowed in and attracted these really incredible synchronicities and serendipitous type of moments. And just following that thread first led me into my first initiation. So I spent three years in my first initiation um, with the Dogon of West Africa, the Dogon Mystery School, um, which a lot of people don't know is actually connected with ancient Egypt. And through that process, I, of course, was having a ton of divination done <laughs> and my spiritual gifts were opening. My, my spiritual sight, my ability to see um, was opening. And they kept saying, like, you are here to be this huge spiritual leader, spiritual teacher. Um, you're a priestess, an oracle. You're going to be, you know, working with so and so and so. And I was like, oh, that'll be cool when I'm like 50. <laughs> you know, I was like way out in the future. That will be nice. Cause I'm a mom and I have a toddler. Right. So I'm going back and forth to Africa at that time. Um, spending months at a time there, just learning. It was really the initial intention was all about self mastery. Like I just want to become my best self. Like I want to be my most expansive, most expressive. And ultimately after that initiation, uh, some really other crazy things happened. I dreamed of my spiritual mother a year before meeting her. <laughs> and uh, when she popped up, I was like, okay, let me continue following down this direction. And um, that led me to train with her in South Africa, completing my ceremonies to become a Zulu shaman. Um, and now I'm what they would probably call a Sanusi, which is um, like a soothsayer, a truth teller, similar to like the Indian guru type of um, energy. But obviously I'm doing it in a very uh, heretical way. Yeah. Wow. What an amazing journey. An amazing experience. And what were some of the, you know, in that spiritual initiation and in that training, like what were some of the big moments or the big energies that really just kind of shifted within you? Um, for me, the biggest shift was the deconditioning process. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sound familiar? Yes. Um, so initiation is not so much about, um, learning, there is definitely a learning component, but so much of it is the deconditioning, the letting go of the attachment to um, how you see the world, who you think you are, who you think others are, and how the world works. And through that process, it allowed me the opportunity to number one, question everything, question everything, starting with myself. Um, and to always stay open-minded um, before this. So if you look at my chart, you will see um, <laughs> that I have in my head in Ajna, I only have one gate mm. there and it is uh, gate 17. It's actually 17.2 for mm -hmm. me. Um, before this, I was very opinionated, <laughs> 
very, very opinionated. And through that, it was really five years of initiation for me. Um, I began to learn how to see things from um, multiple perspectives. And now I don't only see far, but I see wide. I see infinite possibilities at any given time. That's been the greatest opening for me. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, so it's such a powerful journey to, to go on that deconditioning journey and to really have that feeling of every new thing that you are learning in quotes, like really feeling that you're actually remembering it and coming back home. I mean, such a, such a powerful journey. And I'm curious. So after, you know, you've had this, this huge kind of experience coming back home to your true self and deconditioning and going on that journey of really starting to listen to what was aligned for you and what you were drawing in and magnetizing into your life. How did you then go from that space back into working with business once again and coaching people with their, you know, finances and and making their, their energy and their work out into the, you know, 3D physical realm? Yeah, none of it has been intentional. <laughs> it's <laughs> literally all been me following, we'll use human design language, yeah. me following my strategy, yeah. me um, honoring my authority. I was doing that before I had the language of human design yeah. to speak, but that's literally what I've been doing. So um, I completed my quote unquote graduation. We have like a graduation ceremony and then we go home. And so um, I completed that in 2018 in like, I think it was September. And so you complete that, you come home, you know, I become Makosi and now I put my shingle out and it's now the next evolution, the next training where now your own ancestors and guides and what I call your spirit squad are guiding you and training you themselves. And so I started out doing one-on-one sessions and they, they definitely were not feeling aligned, but I noticed that there were certain people who were being drawn to me and I started noticing, um, you know, what was really lighting me up? What was giving me more energy when I was in it versus like completely draining me? And I just said no (laughs) to the things that were really draining me and started spending more time in those um, experiences with those people, et cetera, that felt more expansive. And in that process, I mean, it's only been three years (laughs) and um, my business has created over seven figures and you know, now I've worked with some of the most elite entrepreneurs. I've had celebrities on my calendar. Um, the people that are in our containers are the most epic human beings. And I'm like, how does any of this happen? And I haven't done any like real traditional marketing. Like I spent like a hundred dollars on Facebook ads back in like 2019. Um, but it's mainly just been through number one word of mouth and like lots of podcasts and also just pure magnetism. Mm -hmm. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. We've kind of had a similar experience in that 
we weren't really like looking for our niche or we weren't really, you know, intentionally trying to work with a certain type of person in a certain type of way. But through that process of following your strategy and authority and just being who you really are, you end up magnetizing something that feels so clear and so right. And it's kind of surprising to you on one hand, but on the other hand, it's like, of course, this is what I'm meant to be doing and where I'm meant to be. And I just think it's so fascinating, these realms of deep spirituality and really embodied spirituality and then bringing that into this business space. I mean, it's we in human design, we talk about all the time how we're moving into this new paradigm, this new way of being where every person really must be aligned with their essence, aligned with what they're here to share. And if we're spending, you know, eight hours every single day of the week working for someone else, being inauthentic to our true essence, we are really uh, doing the world a huge disservice and doing ourselves a huge disservice. So being able to create this union where we're looking at our business and our finances and creating our, our career with this like purposeful authentic authenticity behind it, it's so it's such a beautiful thing to see, you know, coming and, and flowering and budding. And, um, you know, I'd love to hear a bit about what are some of the, the main, um, kind of strategies that you work with, with people, like as far as with businesses and finances, I know there's like the practical side of things that you can shift. And then there's like that alignment side and that, that intuitive side. I'd love to just hear a, a couple little um, nuggets that you like to share with people. Yeah, for me, um, whenever I'm working with entrepreneurs and executives on an individual level, um, one of the things that I think a lot of people don't realize is that what, what I call euphoria, bliss, joy, love, etc., is our natural state, right? So in human design, there's like other language around it, right? It's satisfaction, it's success, it's Da, 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 right? That that's communicating to you that when you're in that feeling, you're in alignment, right? And then the opposite of that is telling you that you're in that you're misaligned, right? And so that's the bitterness or the frustration or the anger if you're manifester, right? And so my methodology or the way that I work, um, a lot of executive coaches, high performance mentors, so on and so forth, start with the mind. They start with, okay, what is it that you want to create, right? But the mind can only create what it's seen before, right? It can only copycat what it's seen before. But there was a one in three trillion chance that you were going to exist in this way, right? There, if we're looking at human design mechanics, right, there's what, uh, one in how many billion uh, different, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like a unique design, unique, unique combination. Mm -hmm. Yes, the unique combinations. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, the experiences that you have that then filter how you're conditioned, right? Because we're all being conditioned all the time. It's like part of being human. So when you realize who you're here to be has literally never been before. It's impossible. How are you going to just copy exactly what somebody else did? So instead of working from the mind, I work from, I start from what is actually manifesting in your present experience, right? Because your higher self or your spirit squad, right? I will say all of them are like calling in and pulling to you, magnetizing to you 
opportunities for your expansion, opportunities for you to evolve more into what it desires to experience, whatever that is. And it's doing that through what you would deem as like obstacles or challenges, right? The the things that are making you uncomfortable, what we would call like your darkness, (laughs) right? Is showing you that there's potential light there. There's potential there. So rather than focus on, okay, what is your big vision? Um, Let's create like this whole map to get you there. And then you get attached to it. I focus more on what's presenting itself right now. Let's decondition you from the block and move through that so that you can step into that higher version of you. And then you're just, you're only really ever given one or two steps. And some people are given the vision of where they're going, right? But maybe not the full map. So it's kind of just a paradigm of turning that standard way of like goal setting and achievement and success, turning it on its head and allowing you to like be very present and embodied moving towards creating, creating freedom. Yeah. Beautiful. That's so beautiful. And it's been, you know, in our journey, Shane and I creating our business, using human design to create our business. Um, Neither of us studied business. You know, both of us studied art and music and all these other things. And uh, we're really surprised, actually, but that our path kind of led us to creating this business. And oftentimes we attract other young people that are wanting to create their business for the first time. And we end up kind of using human design to be able to support them. But it's always mind blowing to me how people have something that's coming in that is brilliant and it's so aligned for them, but they're not giving it the full credit or for some reason, they're really not even able to see it. And it's like, okay, well, let's focus on what's already, what's already come to you. What's coming and knocking on your door over and over again, that either you're ignoring because you think, who am I to be able to do something that amazing or you're ignoring because you've never seen it done and you have doubt of like, how could this actually work out? And oftentimes there has been, you know, the universe has been calling you and you've been receiving the call, but you're not even really listening to it or, or open to that call. Um, so it's always so amazing for us to meet with people and be like, well, what about this amazing idea? And they're like, oh, I didn't realize that that was the universe calling me. And it's like, yes, it's calling you every day. Like start listening, start opening yourself up to the things that are coming to you because we're constantly supported. The universe is constantly trying to give us opportunities and inspirations and all of those synchronicities that are showing us the answer. It's just, are you open enough and do you have the eyes to really see those callings? Mm-hmm. And deconditioning. I just love how that's such a big part of your personal journey, but also um, your work that you do with your clients because it really, I mean, obviously being in this human design world, that's the basis of all of our growth and expansion and um, ability to live out our life purpose, right? Our cross of incarnation. So um, it's so huge and it is the first place to start. But of course, when you hear, okay, you need to decondition or you need to be in alignment, um, it's like, okay, what the fuck does that mean? Right. And so actually having practical tools of, okay, you as an individual, where do you start right now today 
That is so incredibly helpful. Obviously, we love to do that with human design, but you being able to do this in um, obviously all of the different things that you've dabbled in, um, or I shouldn't say dabbled, but that you've explored and really mastered, it's amazing to be able to give somebody such unique and specific tools to actually make that change in the physical world on the physical plane. So I'm curious, um, you have this term that I love, and I'm curious, what would you describe is a euphoric empire? Ooh. So back to what I was stating before about um, euphoria really being our our natural state. So the original definition of euphoria is well-being, right? And so if I'm looking at this on a scale of um, zero to 10, zero being an extreme, 10 being extreme, I would say that euphoria is like a seven, right? And so it's, it's like a positive neutral. And so a euphoric empire is an empire that you're building, not just from the goal of, um, I have to make a lot of money, so on and so forth. It is number one, starting with you, how am I embodying my highest self through the mechanism of my business, right? And then expanding that. So how are we if you have a team, how are we embodying our highest self or our potential as a company? Are we honoring each of our unique gifts? Are we um, honoring what we said we were going to do? Are we literally an embodied example of what it is that we are bringing into the world? And we're like, obsessed with that, with that concept and then bringing that out even more. Right. And to me, that's how we affect change. So many of us, um, want to, (laughs) you'll have to, you will have to excuse me because sometimes I will use sexual references (laughs) <laughs> and inappropriate things to get my point across because it That's works. Great. That's great. That's the it. only way that I know how to <laughs> explain anything. So okay. okay, good. So many of us are creating businesses from a place of how big is my is my energetic dick, right? Like <laughs> I've got this huge one. And we are using that energy to like try and go and save the world right? Meanwhile, we are out of alignment, Mm. right? There's no one in the world that needs saving. No one needs saving. Everyone is exactly where they are supposed to be at this moment, right? Because we all have sovereignty. All we can do is focus on becoming the embodiment of the example that we want to see, right? What we want to see the world evolve into and offer people the opportunity to come along with us for that. And it's simply an invitation. Some might take it, some might not, right? And so I think a lot of people, we get caught up in especially the spiritual spaces from this like spiritual dick energy of like, 
I've got the biggest one. I'm, I'm going to go save humanity, so on and so forth. And it's like, you start with you. And then you start with like, how am I interacting with my family? How am I interacting with my team? How am I interacting with the clients I already have and the audience I already have versus building a business from a place of um, superficial getting and also avoidance, but sometimes trying to prove your worth, right? This proving kind of dick measuring contest. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love that. And I totally resonate. And it's interesting, like in my own journey, you know, being a projector and, and craving that success, craving that recognition, I really had a block when it came to career life. Like in my early twenties, like I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to travel. I knew I wanted to like express myself and like sing and dance around fires. And like career was the last thing on my mind. I didn't care about my career. I had no I just had no um, clarity around what I wanted to do or what I wanted to share. And then I came into this point, like closer to my Saturn return, where I really cared about success and I really wanted it and craved it and was almost like seeking it, but with no clarity and with no rooting back down to what brought me bliss, what I believed in, what that euphoria was. And, you know, discovering human design, it started um, helping me go on that journey of who am I really? What do I really care about? What do I really drawn to? What is aligned for me? What is right for me? And those questions about myself, when I really started getting curious about, about those deeper things, like that's where everything started blossoming and the clarity came around what I wanted my career to be and how I wanted to share it with people. And, you know, there's this feeling when you're young of like wanting to like impress your parents or wanting to make something with your life that you can explain to other people and like, it'll seem impressive. And the further and further we get down our path, the more it's like, I don't care how it seems to anyone. I don't care if people think it's cool. I don't care if they don't. What I care about is, is this real for me? Am I doing this in a way that's aligned and that's true? And everyone that is working on our team is everyone really feeling like they love where they are and they get to be who they are. And like, it's all, this becomes this like beautiful internal journey. And you're not even really focused on the external or how it's, how it's seeming to other people at all anymore. So it's just been kind of like a, in my own experience, that, that journey of shifting that focus inward and making sure that it's authentic and real. And then realizing like, wow, what beautiful fruit grows from the tree that has those deep, nourished, real, solid roots. Yeah, I love the analogy of the energetic dick or the spiritual (laughs) dick um, because I think that um, we can all relate to that energy, that feeling, um, whether it's, you know, going on many, many different job interviews and trying to really feel like you have to prove yourself or be the best in your field or be the whatever. Um, It comes from this place of ego versus this place of... um, actually understanding and knowing who you are and having that authenticity. Um, So I'm curious, you know, what you would say about people who either don't have their own business yet or want have a calling of like, I want to have my own business or I want to have my own thing, but I don't know exactly what that is. Um, What you would say to those people as far as where to start um, and what to lean into right now. I mean, I have an inkling or a feeling what you might say, but I'm just curious where, where you would start with that. Yeah, I, um, I will resort 
back to following your strategy and your authority, right? Really following your internal guidance to what is, what are you curious about, right? What is the thing that you're going back to again and again that when you step away from it feels amazing? For example, like let's just use a, a, a workout example. For years, I tried to lift weights. Um, I was like, oh, I want that. I want that kind of body. Like, that's amazing. And every time people were like, oh, if you just do it afterwards, you're going to feel amazing. But I would leave and I would just be like so frustrated because I'm like, that was not amazing. There was nothing about that that I liked. And so it was only when I started following what I was curious about. Like I've been in a belly dancer off and on um, for like, 10, 11 years. And people think like, oh, manifesting generators are so ADD. They can't focus on anything. No, we actually can if it's in alignment. Um, Personal development has been one of those things. Like I I still have my very first book, um, Seven Levels of Intimacy by Matthew Kelly. I got that when I was like 15, 16. And that was when I, my journey started. I've been in self-mastery for so long, right? And all of that was me just following my curiosity. When it comes to business, what I'm going to say, because this is an unpopular opinion, I don't care. It is so much easier when you are doing it from a place of mastery already, right? And so a lot of people are like, I want freedom. I need to start a business. First of all, anyone who runs a business will tell you that it doesn't necessarily create freedom. I know (laughs) a lot of imprisoned entrepreneurs. (laughs) So true. A ton of them, right? Yeah. And the other piece of that as well is um, I know that there's this ideology of, oh, you just need to quote unquote know more You just need to know more and be like two steps ahead. Um, I'm going to challenge that and say, if you're embodied, (laughs) right? If, because information, we all have access to so much freaking information. I know so many people who are like, I know human design. And I'm like, "Mm, but what's your life looking like though? (laughs) Yes. So true. Mm, Right? Mm -hmm. When you're, coming from this embodied place because you've taken information and you've learned how to apply it. You've now turned it into wisdom. You've now turned it into mastery. But first you have to follow and go down the road without the intention of like, oh, I'm going to get paid lots of money for this, right? Like there's a ton of people who go into human design, for example, who are like, I'm going to go into human design because I see people out here making money with it, doing readings, right? And so they go and they learn, but there's no passion or fire behind it, right? It's just, I'm doing this to get something, right? Versus I'm doing it because I'm like getting something from the experience of doing it. And then the money the freedom, the clout, the podcast, the stages, like whatever that is, come naturally. They come as like a natural byproduct. 
of you following that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and that example obviously can, it's just so true for any um, field or any business. It's, it's really, where is it coming from? And versus that, um, I guess there's no freedom in, in saying I'm going to slave away for this thing um, because I want the outcome, right? That's again, just putting yourself in underneath something whether that it's your own creation or whether it's somebody else's creation that you're working towards. Um, and also, you know, even working within somebody else's business or creation, it's that, again, am I being able to use my gifts and what am I getting out of this? Um, am I enjoying what I'm getting out of this by working towards this goal? Or am I just doing it to put food on the table and it really just drains the hell out of me? Um I guess it can, that can definitely, that question is a good place to kind of start observing in your day-to-day work life. So for people who have um, clients already or who have their own business and they're in this, um, this align, alignment as far as I know what I want to do, I'm connected to my vision, I'm connected to my purpose. Um how would you say that they can magnetize their dream clients? Like you mentioned that you work with your dream clients right now and helping them to achieve their goals and have even more success and mastery in their life. Um, how, how would you recommend people to start magnetizing those dream clients themselves? It is really two really important steps. One is called market research on the surface level, right? Like, oh, you just need to research them. I'm going to say it's a much deeper level than that. Um, I am someone who says, (laughs) like, you need to know them more than they know themselves, right? You want to know their story, because they're all having similar experiences, right? You want to know their story in such a way that they might not even be able to articulate yet. And you're the one who then can speak to and demonstrate and show, this is where you are on this trajectory. Here's what's next, right? And so that most people like mass do market research and it's like so generic and, um, they're probably married and blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, what are their deepest desires and what are their deepest fears? And then you start speaking to that. And you start speaking to um, the things that are actually keeping them from what their next evolution is, right? What their transformation is or what it is that they truly desire, right? And People will always ask me, um, well, is it the same for products? It is. It's the same for products. It's the same for art, right? I see very few. This is one of the things that gets on my nerves because I love, I have a music background. Um, I sang for many years, trained professionally. Like I, I know art and I don't see artists speaking story. Very few of them are speaking story, right? And so the story is not just yours. It's their story too. And you need to show them like where they fit in that story. Um, The other piece as well, recurring theme, 
<laughs> is embodiments. And what I mean by that is, are you embodying the version of you that is working with those people, right? And so for me, um, I was attracting incredibly high-level entrepreneurs and opportunities. Like I was in rooms and I'm like looking around, whoa, how did I, how did I get in this room? And it kept happening again and again. And I'm like, there's something here I'm not seeing because I keep being put in these spaces, right? And because I had not yet fully embodied what I call my icon, icon is like, has been my word for the past year that I've been expanding into. And because I hadn't yet fully embodied that version, some of those opportunities like fell away. And some of those people who, you know, maybe potentially wanted to work with me. Um, A very interesting one, um, Mind Valley had um, an app called Solvana. Their CEO reached out to me. I started recording podcast episodes for that Solvana app for Mind Valley, and um, all of a sudden, now mind you, I was not yet really ready for that opportunity. Um, but then, so they decided like Solvana is going to be absorbed into Mind Valley. They let that CEO go, and then like my stuff just like got lost in the shuffle. Um, I have every. I'm pretty sure that door is going to open again. And when it does, I'm going to be ready for it. But it was a really great example of the universe, like showing me who I am. And that was so early on. That was like, like over a year ago now at this point. And I've, that was like before I did entrepreneur magazine and like, uh, authority and business insider and all of that. It was before all of that. But I see so many people struggling because um, they aren't in their everyday life when no one's freaking looking, right? It's like your energy matters all the time, not just when you turn on a camera, not just when you start speaking into a mic. It's like, are you showing up as that version of yourself when there's literally no one around? Period. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I think that, um, that's the most powerful place to, to look at and to see and to recognize within yourself. Um, because, you know, a lot of what we do in human design and a lot of the most powerful stuff that we do with our clients is, um, reflecting back to them, you know, hearing where they're at and the transitions they're going through and, you know, what they're doing in their day-to-day life. And then being able to reflect back, okay, here's the highest expression of all of your gifts and giving examples of where they can lean into and where they're already using these gifts because we overlook all of that. We're overlooking the day-to-day. We're thinking about like, am I doing enough? Am I being enough? Am I reaching this thing outside of me? And, Having that mirror, that um, presence of looking at, okay, where am I already embodying these highest expressions and how can I embody them more in my daily routine, in my moments by myself, in my moments with my kid or my family or my partner um, or my business? Um, Being able to really see that presence and that embodiment already 
that's where the magic happens because it's like, oh, this shit's not outside of me. It's not this unattainable thing that I have to live up to my whole life. It's not this dick that I have to grow, right? <laughs> it's this, it, it already is me. And how can I just let my icon, let my big dick energy just be yeah. without having to prove something, without having to try so hard to be that thing. So it's just crazy hearing all of these different parallels, obviously within the work that we observe, and then hearing this powerful side of um, of your experience and that you are in these rooms and looking at like, why am I always in this room. What is this room <laughs> telling me? Um, that's freaking powerful and, and it's expansive. I love what you were talking about, about embodying the icon and like that, that's the frequency that you've been working with. Can you expand on that a little bit? I just, I'm loving it. Yeah. Um, for me, icon, I mean, it is kind of similar to big dick energy actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or big queen energy, right? Yeah, I'm getting a visual that. in my head because I'm always joking with my husband, and I, I feel like all women know this when we when we hear one of those trucks or those cars drive by with that really loud exhaust, we have this like automatic, ridiculous conditioned stereotype of like, oh, they have a little dick, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah, <laughs> right. And it's like this idea of like, oh, I have something to prove, right? And so for me, um, when I look at the term or the frequency, let's say the frequency of what it means to be an icon, right? Um, I started playing with this and number one, I realized that no icon is like another icon, right? Yeah. Prince is very different or was very different than Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. who was very different than a Diana Ross, right? Very different than a Lady Gaga, very different than a Beyonce, right? And so there might be some similarities there. In that case, it was music, right? But each of them is embodying like their truth unapologetically, right? Completely unapologetic. It's not about... Um, having to be super flashy or, um, you know, wear a meat dress like Lady Gaga. (laughs) It's about like, what is your truth and Mm -hmm. what is authentic to you? Right. So even right now, red lipstick is like a signature of mine because it's true to me. I wear it when no one's around. And so when I started playing with how can I embody more of my icon, I started to really lean in first with how I adorn myself, how I take care of myself. I started taking iconic showers. Wow. That's where I started. I love that. How can I, like, what is an iconic shower, right? And so for me, there's particular products that I might use. There might be a specific order. I might do something a little extra. Like I might put body oil on, while I'm still in, like, while I'm still moist. So it's like trapping the moisture and like my skin is super soft and no one sees that. Right. For me also, I talk about it all the time. I'm obsessed with oud oil. I love it. When I put it on, I'm just automatically, like, I just feel elevated. I just feel like I'm seducing myself. Like it feels like that to me. 
I started, I mean, it was the pandemic, so it really helped a lot, but Mm -hmm. I started like decorating my place as an expression of me and also my husband and my son's energy, right? Like what is our combined frequency? And like, what is the expression of that? What are the things that we really care about? And what would make this place feel like, um, very symbolic of who we are, right? And so instead of focusing on like, how do I get on Mind Valley stage, right? Do I want to be on Mind Valley stage? Yes. I but I set that to the side because the person who's going to get on that stage is going to be iconic Makosi. Mm. And so how do I become her? And I start playing with all the different ways right? Like how does iconic Makosi eat? It's almost like, what would Jesus do? But like, what would iconic version of me do? Right? Yeah. (laughs) That five one, what would Jesus do? What would Makosi do? Right? And so um, I play with that in very tangible, simple, basic, practical ways, how I eat, how I dress, um, the order that I, that I put my, um, ointments and so on and so forth. How much time I spend um, on my hair is another one. Um, How am I going to, for me, the spa is like where I'm able to get present and I get my best ideas on the massage table. Am I literally scheduling in a massage once a month? Um, And so through that process, I've evolved at a really, really rapid rate because I'm allowing myself to be my fullest expression. And it is continuing to magnetize um, some of the most like, like I wrote for Popular Science Magazine recently on energy, (laughs) on energetics, right? Like it doesn't even make sense, but it's there. It happens. Wow. That's amazing. I'm so into that. And I love hearing all of those little examples because I think, especially for anyone who has a lot of manifesting energy as you do. So like a manifester or manifesting generator, I'm constantly telling them like channel your Beyonce, Sasha fierce, like this alter ego that is just fearless and so powerful and so beautiful. And so all the things that you uniquely are and really start getting comfortable with that bigness. And, you know, we have this tendency all, you know, in general, all women or many people in our modern society have this conditioning to play small and to shrink and to be less of ourselves and to be less specific and more just kind of fitting in with what the status quo is. And when you see people break away from that and truly love themselves and truly express themselves from that place of authenticity, instead of it being this performative thing, but really letting it be that euphoric bliss, really listening to what calls them. Um, It's just, it's so powerful, the shifts that happen in your energy and your frequency. And you're absolutely right. Like you can't trick or fool the universe on those frequencies, that moment to moment energy and vibration that you're emitting. That is the real deal. And if you can tap into it in a way that's fun and beautiful and sensual and all of those beautiful things, instead of feeling like it's this daunting task that's outside of ourselves. I mean, it's, it's so powerful to see. So thank you for expanding on that. I feel like a lot of people listening are going to feel really inspired by that and are going to want to go home and start creating their most iconic bath or shower or whatever it is that they're called to do. 
Yeah. It's so funny. I mean, I love that red lipstick is your um, your signature of what you do in your day-to-day life and also how you present yourself to the world. It took me so long to um, be okay that mine is literally robes and pajamas. Um, I just don't. It's just not who I am to wear anything else. And so being okay with that and knowing that I don't have to be something for other people, um, it really does boil down to in the smallest areas of my life, um, similarly to my bath routine and my products that I use and, you know, what is actually the highest version of myself or the most iconic version of myself want to do with their nails or want to do with their hair. Um, What actually does that look like? And can I embody that now? And it doesn't have to look like what all all these celebrities look like or what, you know, professionalism looks like. It can look exactly how it looks to me. And can I own that? And can I just let that be? Um, It's a really fun and interesting place, I think, to look at and explore and play. So I love that you brought that up. And it kind of brings back to something that you you touched on earlier that I think is so important is when we're using our mind to create our path ahead of us, we can only create something that we've seen someone else do. We can only create something that we've observed out in the world. But when we're really letting our that inner GPS, that inner authority, that connection to that higher plane of of who we really are, who we came here to be, or what our destiny or dharmic path is, when we're connected to that, we end up creating something that is so unique and specific and just deliciously different than anything else that we've ever seen. And it becomes irresistible. When you see someone that is really doing something that is so authentic and different, it's just like a sight to marvel at. And it's undeniable how magnetic that is. And we, we've really observed that. And you know, I think a lot of people get so tripped up in the little tiny details of like, okay, I've created this business and now I have to use social media and I have to use it in this way because my mind says that because that's a rule and that's what I've seen other people do. And they derail themselves from their full expression, from their full uniqueness in these little hangups, like these practical hangups. So I wanted to ask you if you have any insight to share, because that is an example we've heard several times a week is I have this business. I'm really excited about it, but I don't want to use social media or I don't want to use social media in the way that I see other people doing it. What advice would you give to those people? (laughs) I'm laughing so much internally, literally right before we hopped on, I was scrolling social media. I like put a reel up this morning or something. And I don't do that often. Um, but I saw someone post and she put her recommendations for how much you should post on social media. And it was like reels three times a week, posts five times a week. I mean, it looked to me exhausting and I have Mm. four motors (laughs) defined. Okay. I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, this sounds like hell. Like, Mm -hmm. honestly, if there was a hell, it would be me having to post (laughs) on social media this much. Um, I think this is why I do really love human design for this. But if someone isn't familiar with human design, they can still use their, their, their internal guidance, right? Internal guidance trumps everything, right? You don't need human design for your internal guidance. Absolutely. Um, For me, um, 
following those quote unquote rules is like a freaking death star (laughs) (laughs) coming in and exploding, Um, especially as a five one. Right. So I'm and I'm still like exploring and playing with this because there aren't very many people who are like fully in their five one like um, (laughs) energy that can really be destroyed by too much intimacy and too much transparency, right? So I literally have saved on my screen a reminder, familiarity breeds contempt. Because what I've found is the more um, inaccessible that I am, so the more that I allow myself to um, just show up for really in response to the the challenges and the problems and so on and so forth that people are having versus giving people the play-by-play. I noticed for me, when I share, for example, what I'm eating or, you know, my workout routine or whatever, and I do still occasionally do that just so that people know I'm human. Um, But when I do that, it is like, crickets. It, ne- it never works for me, but there are other people. Um, I had a, a really great client who she's a two, four and, um, for her that she's a two, four generator, not projector. Um, for her actually, like people just wanted to see her life. I will also just say, um, you know, in her, um, she's meant to be observed. I'm an observer. I'm meant to observe other people. I come in and I, I share, right? But she's meant to be observed by others. And so we, number one, have to realize you don't actually need social media for a business. Like, guess what? There was a time before social media, we had businesses and there were businesses that were successful, okay? I have like one of my closest friends who is also super into human design. We talk about human design every day. Um, She's a... um, four, six projector and her business. She barely has a social media presence. It's almost all referral based, almost completely referral based. And even her business, um, she works only eight hours a month. She works eight hours a month and she is just really guiding her guides who do X, Y, Z. So It's really about honoring your truth. Are you afraid of social media, right? Are you afraid of it because you have to express yourself (laughs) and people might judge you? Or is it actually misaligned? And so if you work through the judgment and the resistance and the fear and then also discover, actually, this isn't an alignment. There are like literally infinite possibilities. It might be affiliates. It might be um, Google ads. It might be um, literally traditional forms of marketing, so on and so forth. It might be you showing up in a room and just networking with people, growing your business that way. Like my husband does not have a social media and he runs a a pretty successful electrical contracting business. Um, he's also a 2-4 PS. Oh. Two four. Actually, he's a 2-4 projector. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cool. Um, so it's really about honoring 
yourself, honoring your truth. I know for me, I am not about to be on social media posting no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I have I have a generator on my team who plans out some posts so that there is something at least being posted. She takes um, recordings and transcripts and turns them into posts so that there's something on my social media happening regularly, but there's also space. So I call this scaffolding, right? And so I look at where can I create scaffolding in my life and in my business and on my social media, like everywhere. So scaffolding has solid structures that hold it in place, right? And lots of space, lots of space for your authentic expression to come through. So no, please don't feel like you have to go and do reels three times a week if that is not in alignment with who you truly are. Yes. I, every single statement you made in that, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I a hundred percent resonate with everything you said. It's so true. And with social media, that's been a big place where there's just so much chatter in the ethers about what you should do. And anytime we hear the word should, it's automatically a huge red flag for us, right? Because we really got to watch out for that. It's not what we should do. It's like, what do you feel called to do? What's authentic to you? But it's been a big place where we've been just allowing ourselves to be authentic in what feels right for us. And every step along the way, it's like, well, I guess we'll see if if this works or not, because this is what we're doing. Like you, you have to do it in a way that's real for you in a way that's honest for you. But I think it's so important what you said about is is social media genuinely not right for you? Or do you have fear against it? Do you have insecurities that are blocking you? Do you have shadows? Do you have deconditioning to do? Because if you're not clear there, you really can't feel what is authentic for you, what is aligned for you. So I think that's so powerful. Thank you for for saying all that. And then um, kind of wrapping up here, I'd love to just hear your take on a paradigm shift that we're kind of all experiencing, especially when it comes to business, like where we've been and where we're going. And also, I'm so curious to hear a little bit about some of the the ancient wisdom that you see being like reintegrated into this business world or into the new paradigm that we're shifting into. Ooh, I love this question. So you may not know, but I actually just got back from Egypt a couple weeks ago. Really? Yeah. Um, wow. It's been about two weeks. No, three weeks now. Um, and I also didn't share this in my story, but I actually was born. I came here remembering the last time that I was here. And I remembered um, it's approximately over 2000 years ago. I was here. I was an oracle in the temple of Isis in Egypt. And when I decided that I was going to go on this trip to Egypt, which had us, it was a spiritual trip. Um, I started getting access to more of those memories. I started, I remembered where I died, which is a place in the temple, which there's not pictures of publicly, really. It's not like a place you would see. Um, I also followed a little bread trail and got the exact, well, approximate dates of when it was that I died there. And this is very important because when I went to the temple of Isis in Egypt, and sat exactly where I died, it was number one, unreal, because I'm walking the steps of the memory that I had. But when I sat there, I opened myself up to receive um, information and integration, right? I'm like, I want the information and I want the integration. Why am I here? 
And so the insight that I got in relation to this question was really about bringing forth the ancient practice of these very specific oracles and that gifting, right? And so I already knew I work with these spirits. I'm connected with these spirits. Um, I am what, what they would call the voice of the goddess, essentially, or uh, this group of divinities connected with serpent wisdom in particular. And so um, we had this very ancient practice where the oracles resided in a temple. They didn't necessarily like live out with everyone else. They reside in the temple, right? And the kings, the, you know, the nobles, so on and so forth, because they're concerned with the large amount of people, right? The, their towns, their provinces, so on and so forth. They would go and they would seek the advice of the oracle. And this practice is still um, happening. A lot of people don't know the Dalai Lama himself has an oracle. He has a feminine being. She's beautiful, this young, beautiful woman, who is his oracle that he goes to to seek advice, right? Wow. I didn't know that. Yes. You can wow. look it up. Cool. Um, and so there was this pattern or this practice of having feminine wisdom that was behind these, these leaders, right? And so that for me is my role again, except for now, what we see is our governments are falling apart. <coughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> that system sucks. Um, we're going to be rebuilding another, but as of right now, um, money is the energy that is wielding power and entrepreneurs are able to wield that right? They're the ones who get to, who are really shaping the future, right? Like we see Mark Zuckerberg is creating literally an entire other world in virtual reality, right? And so supporting people in number one, breaking free of the limiting beliefs and so on and so forth that keep them from actually allowing in the money. Because there's a lot of people who, especially spiritual people, are called into these spaces. That gifting is required for this next evolution, but they have to let go of the idea that money is evil, that it's shameful, that they're a bad person, so on and so forth. So the Oracle dealt and deals in that way. And she also serves as um, a leader and guide. And this is really more around um, paradigm. It's, she really brings and supports people with the paradigm that is, that's going to be needed in the future, which is also what I do. So it's like these kind of dual roles. So this age that we're moving into, we're moving, right. We're moving out of the tribal. We're moving into the, into the individual. However, it's very important that people understand that this, this is not the individualism that's really present in Western society, which has kind of been like the testing ground, you could say, where we're so disconnected from one another, right? It is now we allow ourselves to be our individual expressions. And now we're looking at how do we create synergy? How do we create space and allow 
all of us to bring our gifting in service to what we're creating for humanity, like moving forward, not individualism of like, I'm independent, but interdependence, right? Um, I love how Richard Rudd calls this synarchy, right? It's like this synarchy, this synergy, right? Where we're all working together. Um, Also, you'll see in my my chart specifically, my conscious son is 55.5. And, you know, gate 55 is essentially like this most pivotal um, gate that is symbolic of where we are evolving to, right? And it is into freedom. And so we see freedom as this theme happening. So many people, like the great resignation is happening. So many people are seeking freedom in their finances, in their careers, in their um, life structure, the way that they design their life, so on and so forth. But really for me, the paradigm that I'm bringing is that freedom is not uh, based on any of those external things, that freedom is an internal job. It's It's actually about freedom from your own prison bars from the prison bars that you create and hold on to in your mind. And as we begin to let go of those and begin to see that we can move and flow and evolve and that those ways of being that were born out of really trauma, (laughs) they come out of, out of trauma and then they become like cultural habits. I look at like, why, why are all the guys wearing these ridiculous navy blue and black suits to work every day? There's like zero comfort <laughs> in that, right? A lot of that came out of trauma. And so we begin to look at, is that still serving us? This is not about going back to the ancient ways. I also would say kind of like Sadhguru, I'm not, um, I'm not a modernist either. What I am is someone who looks at what is actually useful, what paradigm is useful for where we're headed, for where we're going. If it still serves, let's freaking use it. Um, I would say the, the oracles having feminine wisdom that was directly connected with divinity behind our leadership. Yeah. Let's do more of that because what we've created without it kind of sucks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so true. Right? So true. Um, lots of war and conquering and division has come from that. So let's, yeah, to me, like, let's bring that back. But there are other ancient practices that I'm like, yeah, that doesn't necessarily fit anymore. It's why you don't see me right now. My spirits have not called me to be in my traditional Sangoma or Zulu shaman dress anymore because I'm really here as an embodiment. Um, for me, I don't create a lot. I don't, I don't quote unquote do a lot. Um, my purpose, I just like live my life. <laughs> And share how I see the world, share my paradigm, um, and hopefully it's of some support to to others. 
And that's really it. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing all that. It was all so beautiful. And I am so called to go to Egypt. Shana and I both, we have both never been, but we feel so called and it was not a place I was always called to. So there's been other places that I've been called to and I've gone on really spiritual deep dives and and exploration there. Um, But going to Egypt is somewhere that is really calling us both. So hearing your story is very inspiring and so beautiful. I had goosebumps as you were talking about walking on on the stairs and, and having those remembrances and this whole connection. I mean, it's so beautiful. And everything that you've shared with this, you know, new paradigm and, and the switch and integrating back things that are going to be helpful and meaningful as we move forward, those words, helpful and meaningful, are so powerful. They're some of our favorite words because we can get so caught up in what is true or what's not true and what's going to make money or it's not what's proven or what's not proven. And all of those words are not really useful for us, you know, as we move forward. It's so much more about what is going to help us, what is going to really mean something to us so that we can expand and grow into that space. So, so beautiful. I love that so much. And um, Shana, is there anything else that you wanted to ask before we kind of wrap up here? No, I mean, I'm just so grateful for your wisdom and your insight and your time um, today. I guess if there's anything that you want to leave with our audience, um, whether that is a question that they can ask themselves or just some insight or wisdom or a nugget that you want to just kind of plant with our audience, that would be amazing. Yeah, the thing that kind of just coming forward for me to be sure to share. Um, A lot of people talk about this being the rise of the feminine. Um, And it is absolutely that. However, what a lot of people don't realize is that the feminine was actually the, uh, the top of the hierarchy for thousands of years. And now what we're moving towards is, yes, a rise of the feminine, but an integration also with the masculine. And so this is now the time where we're not going to necessarily have one above the other. Uh, some of us are actually here as physical representations um, of what that integration can look like, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that is really important as we are talking about feminine wisdom or yin wisdom I do see a lot of people who are really preoccupied and distracted with destroying that which no longer serves, right? Um, oh, I, I need I need to fight, so on and so forth. And the the yin way of doing things, which in this moment I see as being the most useful, is that by simply focusing your energy on building what it is that you wish to see, all of that is is falling by itself. <laughs> you don't have to add anything to it. You don't need to go and post under, you know, uh, CNN's videos about your opinions and so on and so forth for it to crumble. Everyone is seeing it because like we're moving into this age where transparency is so important, where it's just naturally happening, where... Um, You can't sweep dirt under the rug anymore. It's like we've lifted, the rug is lifting and everyone is seeing. So we want to be focusing our energy on building, building and creating. Well, what what is the thing that we actually want to see and understand um, this is really like an indigenous principle or an ancient principle that kept uh, 
genocide and many wars and so on and so forth at bay because there's not this idea of like you need to go and conquer. You don't need to do missionary work to go and convince someone that your way is the right way by simply building it and having it there as an option, as an offer, as an invitation, right? Those who are aligned with that will come. And my favorite example of this is the organic food movement, right? I think about even just 10 years ago, going to a grocery store and how difficult it was to find organic options or soy-free or peanut-free, right? It was difficult. It was like, you might be lucky to have one or two aisles. And now you have so much assortment. I got these amazing Oreo cookies that <laughs> taste better than the real thing, but they're like soy-free and da-da-da-da-da, right? But that's happened not because of so much of like, oh, we're fighting fake chemical-laced Oreos, but instead... We are taking our money, we're taking our focus, we're taking our energy and attention and focusing it on um, creating that option for people to have. And we can wield that when we allow ourselves to receive the tool of money, because that is an energy that is absolutely vital in creating that future that we want to see. Yeah, absolutely. At least for now. Yeah. I love, I love, love, love it. All of it's going to naturally crumble when you just put your focus on the things that you want to rise. And we talk about that so much um, about how this is a time of, of crumbling, but also of rising and that, yeah, it doesn't have to be, how can I tear down? How can I de like, pull apart this thing outside of myself, um, that all just happens naturally when you, A, decondition yourself and B, start building and creating and focusing that energy on the things that you want to see out in the world um, without necessarily going to need to attack someone else um, or or something else or a belief system. All the examples that you gave. I love it. Um, you, I just love how you explain things. It's so fascinating. So where can people connect more with you and learn from you and find your offerings? Uh, the best place to find me is on the Instagrams at the Royal Shaman or my website, theroyalshaman.com. If you want to um, apply to be considered to possibly work with us or to partner with us. Um, and also just uh, a little tooting of my own horn. The new website that we just launched is an epic masterpiece with like some nods to game of thrones in there and like <laughs> i took photos with real life serpents and so it's definitely something that you want to at least see and play around and like explore it's beautiful. that's so cool okay so what's that website that is the royalshaman.com okay amazing thank you so much for coming on today and just sharing your incredible insight and wisdom with us. Um, I think that people are just going to love connecting with you more. So I can't wait to go connect with that Game of Thrones vibe on your on your website too. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for being here today and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a total blast. 
So we hope that you all enjoyed that episode as much as we did. It was a really fun conversation for us. So we just hope that you had fun as well. And as always, you know where to connect with us um, either on our website, which is daylunalife.com or on our Instagram, which is at dayluna. And we hope that you all just have the most amazing, magical rest of your week.